going to start a new kind of series, and I'm going to be kind of giving you the introduction. I wanted to give you more than that, but as, as the weekend got kind of sidetracked, um, you know, I was kind of concerned and getting stressed up about it, and the Holy Spirit's like, go with what you got. Just go with, don't try to, don't try to add too much, and, I, and that's my problem. I get to add too much, and I talk too long. Is that me? Um, so uh, I'm going to try not to do that. But we're going to talk about it. And here's what I call it. Here's, here's our, our, for the next few weeks. Now, uh, Lord willing, I'm going to be ministering to some of our brothers and sisters in Park Hills, Missouri next week. Seth's going to take Sermon 2 on this. And he, he's working on it. So um, I can't wait. We'll record it so you can hear it. But uh, the, the title of this series is No Mo FOMO. No Mo FOMO. And I want to tell you, FOMO is gotten to be, it's always been a problem, that's what we're gonna see, but it's gotta be a bigger problem now than ever before, and it's a powerful tool that the enemy uses, uses against us, okay? Uh, so let's just set this up. Can we do that and get right on into the scripture? Because really what I wanna do is bring out scripture as it applies to stuff we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna pick out one and just cram it in there and make it say what it doesn't say. I don't want to take some idea and try to cram it into the scriptures and make you think it fits. Let's just take what Jesus said. So when we're talking about this whole thing, Jesus, I just want to set it, and we're going to start with this, and then we're going to come back to this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. And Jesus was talking about the price of discipleship, about denying yourself and coming up. We're going to, we're going to come back to this. There's a lot we could say on it, but listen to just the thought here. Where he says in Matthew 16, 25, but whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and then loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So he's talking about the true value of things, what's truly important. And I think one of our problems is, you and I, if we're not careful, we're going to miss the truly important and valuable things that God has for us, not just for now, but forever. We're going to miss those things because we're distracted, afraid we're going to miss lesser important things. So that's FOMO. FOMO stands for as most. How many of you didn't know what that is? Okay, now you're going to know. Y'all need to get with it now. No. Kids are always talking about FOMO. They got FOMO. Fear of missing out. That's it. So you'll, you'll hear that all the time now. All right? So that's what we're talking about. No mo FOMO. Now, um, one of the biggest tools... Satan is using, and we all deal with this, not just the kids. So I want to set this up today um, and um, see if I can get to that next slide there, Jeff. Help me out. Okay. Whoop. Okay. Um, yeah. Back. One more. Uh, there we are. Okay. Now, here we go. Let me describe it out for you. Ready? Uh, so this, as I said, stands for the fear of missing out and is really fueled these days by social media. All right? Now, when I talk about social media, you know what we're talking about. Even some of you old dudes and ladies are on social media. But you have to realize of our teenagers and everyone here, 
They've never known life without it. But uh, so it's, it's the fear of missing out. It's fueled by social media. It's one of the biggest influencing and motivating factors in the world today. It's a problem not just faced by the young, but also the old, even though if we don't know what to call it. From peer pressure to sales pressure to pressure to keep up with the neighbors. You know, they may or may not be the Joneses, but you know who they are. Uh, we're all confronted by this. So here's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to use this as a, as a, a trick. It's one of his tricks that he plays on us to distract and deceive us and try, hopefully, to destroy us, or at least parts of our lives or what God was doing. So it's a trick that he uses to cause us to miss the awesome things that God has for us. Now, this might be like, this is kind of new to me. I just want to, let me just fill you in, okay? Can I do that? Because this is foundation, right? So it's going to come back on this. And then the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to kind of get the scripture and, and, and bring out some antidote for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with an antidote that you and I need to take with us out of here. There are notes online. or write these down, okay? Now, the National Library of Medicine. If you research this, if you just type that in, you're going to get all kinds of info about info about FOMO. Um, so, National Library of Medicine. Are you listening, by the way? Okay, just uh, so it states this: fear of missing out, FOMO, is a unique term introduced in 2004. All right, so I'm just interested, we've got kids worship out, but how many who are in this room were born after, during our, our, after year 2000? Do we have any people, how many people in here, born after the year 2000? Okay, we got quite a few, got quite a few. So this has basically always been a part of your life. You've never known world without people talking about FOMO. So it was introduced in 2004 to describe a phenomenon that was beginning to be observed on social networking sites. FOMO includes two processes. This is from the National Library of Medicine. It says this, firstly, perception of missing out, followed up with a compulsive behavior to maintain these social connections. It made its way to the Oxford Dictionary in 2013, actually in a dictionary. So see there? And as I said, if you've been around, if you're around 20 years old, this has always been part of your vernacular. Now, um, uh, modern day social media has been like a FOMO atomic bomb that has gone off, gone off all right? Uh, it's not just something that we face, that you guys face at school, but you'll face it at work. You face it in your family, in your family reunions. Everybody's talking about what they did, and you're feeling like, well, I missed out because, well, my life's been real boring. Everybody wants to be one-up each other, all of that. Yeah. Uh, chatting with your neighbor, you know. Um, it's ever-present with us, and it manifests itself in the beeps and buzzes coming from our pockets and purses. Am I not right on this? There's somebody, and you're going to look at it, and you're going to see what, one of your friends, man, they're at your favorite restaurant with some other one of your friends, and they got to show snapshots of this wonderful food that they're enjoying, and you weren't even invited. Oh, you should have been there, but wish you could have been there. You're feeling like, man, I'm missing out, right? It makes you feel bad inside, right? Um, you know, uh, but, but we deal with that, and, and there's, a, there's a, 
like an addiction that happens, though, on social media, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, and, and there's stuff out there that I don't know about, but anyway, because I got too many other things to do uh, than, than stay up on all of this, but uh, actually, I have a real life, you know? Um, but anyway, so you post something, and especially, you know, those, those pictures, your selfies, you think you look good and all that, and you post all of that, and you're just waiting. All of a sudden, you get that little buzz. You get a real buzz. You're looking for a buzz, a buzz on the end. But you get it, your phone buzzes, and, uh, or it beeps. And just like that. Uh, <laughs> was that on cue? Was that on? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that couldn't have been, thank, that, that could have been better. <laughs> but especially if you posted something, and you just can't wait to see who's liked it. Huh? And with every like or love or, or something like that or every good comment, you get this little, hmm, you know, uh, and, 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 and experts, uh, you know, those, they, the, they say that um, it gives you a little shot of dopamine, you know, it's a little feel good thing that happens in your chemicals in your brain and, and you can get addicted to that and all of a sudden your whole life you, you forget about other things and, and you just want, you want to be out there, you want to, you want to constantly, you're looking for validation, everybody please look at me, notice me, you know, and um, so we get to looking there for that. It becomes super addictive, okay? Uh, so much more we can say about that. But I just want to say that um, uh, it, the other side, of course, is when other people are doing things and you feel left out, uh, you weren't invited, uh, people post about a movie and they saw it, everybody's commenting, only you hadn't seen it, you gotta, I, gotta, I gotta go do that, I gotta see that so I can jump in there because otherwise I'm missing out, you know? This has always been around because that was that way, you know? Hey, growing up, uh, uh, growing up, on the dairy farm, here it comes, in Rosebud, okay? Actually, outside of Rosebud. I think I've told you guys this before. I didn't actually grow up in Rosebud. I went to high school in Rosebud. I was out on the suburbs. The community where we lived and where our church was is about five miles east of Rosebud. I understand there was a post office there way back in the early 1900s, but... The community was called Turnip. So actually, I'm from Turnip. You asked me, did you just fall off the Turnip truck? Yeah, this truck come right out of Turnip, and I fell off of it. Uh, but I didn't grow up with a smartphone. I didn't grow up with, you know, we didn't grow up with it, a lot of us here, Amen. So, so, so there, there's a bigger gap now, but, but we need to fill these generational gaps to understand. I need to understand what's going on. So, so the young people now, the, the young people now in our youth groups and so forth have never known life without Wi-Fi. I mean, for crying out loud, we barely had a phone when I was a kid. And the phone we did have was that one phone that was on the wall, and, and mom had an extra long cord on it, you know. And boy, if you didn't watch it and you're chasing your brother, you get tangled up in that cord, and, and all of a sudden, you know, your mom's. How many of you have been hit over the head? With, boy, they don't make stuff that strong anymore. I mean, if you've been hit over the head, you can get a serious knot on the head. That's why they used to call me a knothead. I always had knots on my head because of getting hit with that phone, you know, you guys. Um, and then when, you know, so. The thing about it is, is if you were going to talk to people, the, you, you couldn't just call anytime. You had to stand in the, in the kitchen, and you had to stand right there. 
in that general area if you're going to talk to somebody. So it's in public. Your family can hear you. And the other thing is you got to make sure that Granny, Meemaw, and Penny Benton aren't on the phone because we didn't have a private line. We had, how many of you grew up with a party line? Yeah, all right. Look at that. Okay, you got some good witness there. A party line. And so, um, you know, that was our social media in those days. You know, I, you, know you might be talking to someone and, and uh, you know, uh, I, I couldn't talk to my girlfriend in private. Do you realize how much better life was probably because of that? And then Meemaw would probably pick up because during part of the time they lived down the hill and they were on our party line. Thank the Lord. Papa got a private line there one time. And, uh, but still Granny was on there. And you know, you want to call your girlfriend and, and, and Granny's talking to Zelfa. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you're talking to someone and someone else on a party line picks up and makes a call and well hey how are y'all doing and then you get a whole that's how we used to have group chat you know it's a party line it just was very impromptu things like that and long distance oh my goodness you know you, you better not have a friend over in Quitman uh, or over in Searcy or Heber Springs because in those days that was long distance and it cost a fortune we did not have money to throw out on that I mean, it was, you know what I'm saying? That was, was like, yeah, it was a bad deal. So life has changed a lot in just a few years. Remember the early cell phones we had in the 90s were bag phones. Remember those bag phones? And then you had those with the, the old uh, antennas and things. And uh, so, you know, I never thought when they started talking about and when we first started getting Internet in Hartville, right? I mean, a lot of the world, I will say, already, you know, was already getting pretty Internet savvy before we could actually dial a number and get that. You know, and, and you'd wait for it to connect and things like that. We finally got that in Hartville. We were way behind a lot of the world. And then, you know, it was even longer before a few of us got DSL. Some of you, you bless your hearts, you still don't, can't get it, you know, unless you want to do the satellite thing or something like that. Um, so, but when they first started talking about Internet being wireless, I thought, how are they going to do that? You know, I didn't know they were going to invent smartphone. And that was in, what, what iPhone 2008, uh, I think, somewhere around in there. So we, we have really, I mean, you know, uh, we have really changed things uh, like crazy. And when we see all this stuff now, it's, it's, it's with us 24-7. You, you know, in the old days, you know, someone would call to get a hold of you and no one answered. Well, they're not home. Try again sometime. Or you're talking to someone else and it, is there still such thing as a busy signal now? How many of you kids ever get a busy signal? You ever heard a busy signal? Let me just tell you, here's what it sounds like. Eh, 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 eh. They never heard it before because we don't have busy signals anymore. It will maybe sometimes go directly to voicemail or it rings in and you see you're getting a call from someone else while you're talking to someone else and they don't know you're talking to someone else because it just keeps ringing on their end and they wonder, you know, why you're not answering your phone and all so forth and so on, right? See, before, it's like, well, they're talking to someone else. I'll call back later, right? Then we got answering machines. And if we weren't home, they'd leave a message. Well, when they get home, maybe they'll hear it. But now it's kind of like, how come you're not, you know, we expect response all the time. And believe me, there's times I feel that pressure. It's like, you know, it's like I, I, I don't want I, I, I to fail your expectations of people around, right? Um, and then and there's times that you don't answer and you're, you're busy and then you forget to call them back. They didn't leave a message. And then I will say talking later, say, well, how come you didn't call me back? And I will say something like, well, um, you didn't leave a message. 
So maybe I didn't know you called. Yeah, but it didn't go directly to voicemail, so I know you saw a missed call from me. That was a bad day whenever I found out that's actually true. For your information, I don't always pay attention to missed calls. So, yeah, leave a message or at least say. And and then that's the other thing. Call me back. It helps a little bit if I kind of know what kind of call this is going to be, right? Because I'm just thinking the worst. It's like, uh, uh, hey, call me back as soon as you can or when you get a chance. And I'm like, oh, boy, is this something I'm going to want to hear or not? Right, right? And sometimes, uh, so, so you might say that, that's okay, but, but it's actually helpful if it's like, hey, I just have a quick question about this, or I just want to tell you something good, or uh, if it's something bad, just, just um, call Curtis, let me give you his number. <laughs> no, but it, it's a game changer, and, and it's part of how things are gaining momentum, and here's what I want us to think about as we go through this, as we're getting to the very end of time, I want you to see how things have changed in the last hundred years. With technology. It's not that people weren't smart as we are, they were smarter. And you see, finally, you know, going on the trip over to the Middle East, uh, to Israel, you know, seeing things that are over 3,000 years old, right? Here, if you dig up a 150, 200, 300 year old arrowhead, you've really found something. But you see stuff that people built and how they built it with the tools they had and the technology that they had, they really, they, they could really show us a thing or two nowadays. Um, so, um, the, 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 the momentum of things. It's like some of this ability was held back until you, you get on up into the modern era and the steam engine and, and railroad and then automobiles and then airplanes and then now we've got the super highway of super information. <laughs> information super highway. That's what I was looking for. It's all happened fast. Think about how things have changed in the last 10 years. So that tells you that the Lord has kind of released it. And we're approaching the end very rapidly. Okay, so I want to say this. Satan is not any stronger. He's not any more powerful today than before. He is not. The difference only may be he has a lot more tools available that you have access to 24-7. That's what the difference is. So that's why I think we've got to be smart. We can talk about the strategies that Satan has. And the Bible says we're not ignorant about those things. And I want to use, by the way, every tool that I can. That's why I will use technology. Our church uses tech. We will use every tool that we can to get God's truth out there. And to help us to be ready to defend ourselves against this onslaught of things. You know, it's like when the neighbors start posting all those pictures from that beach vacation. And it's like, you're saying, I can't afford a vacation and I can't get time off anyway. And you just filled up with FOMO. You're missing out. How can I do something like that? So there's, there, there's all kinds of things like this that, that plant the perception that you not only are missing out, but you've got unmet needs. Hmm, I want that. Hmm, I need to have that. And then, you know, they also have the picture of whatever it is, and then down there, they send you a, a little message, you know, and it's like, OMG, you are so missing out. Now, that's just like throwing fuel on the fire, and you have full-blown FOMO. Uh, 
And also, the medical experts tell us that because of this, many people are suffering depression, physical health problems related to stress and depression, and the suicide rate is going up. All of this is connected. So it's not really helping us that much. National Library of Medicine, once again, let me quote, FOMO is considered as a type of problematic attachment to social media and is associated with a range of negative life experiences and feelings such as lack of sleep, reduced reduced life expectancy and competency, emotional tension, negative effects on physical well-being, anxiety, and lack of emotional control with intimate connections possibly being seen as a way to counter social rejection. End quote. That's a mess, isn't it? Well, this is the world we live in. And I'm glad that we're not just here uh, by ourselves to struggle through it. We have something that is alive and powerful. It's not just print on a page. It's not like the writings of Confucius or Shakespeare or Mohammed or anyone else. It's the word of God himself. He used humans to pin it down. It's God-breathed. He revealed it. It is re- his revelation is complete, not to be added to or taken away from. It is inspired. It was written down by people who, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And it has also been preserved for us. And we have it not just in our language, but in several translations. So you have your pick. Our job is to get the Word of God to the whole world. And so what you need to know is that we're not just basing our teaching, our beliefs, on whatever pops into our head or whatever feels good to our emotions, but what is thus saith the Lord, of, the Lord God Almighty. It never changes. The Bible says that all this stuff on earth is going to pass, but the Word of God, what? Endures forever. It's going to endure forever. We're going to be judged out of things written in this book. So whatever I do, I want to go back to this. And when I go back to this, I find out that, that, that even though we're seeing it at another level in these last days that we're living in, the truth is this. There's really nothing new under the sun. It's really nothing new. It's just on steroids. Um, go back to what? <laughs> I'm getting click happy now. Uh, Ecclesiastes. Here's what the preacher, who's probably Solomon, said in chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. He says, what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done, and there's nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new. It has already been in the ages before us. Even FOMO. Hmm? You believe me? Not a recent phenomenon. As I said, our teenagers have grown up with smartphones, Facebook, X, also known as Twitter. You know, it's X now. Simplify things. Yeah. Uh, That's what it's called. Instagram, Snapchat. And the thing about it is, I don't have a lot of those things. My kids do. And I find out later that they're, they're, they're filming goofy things that I do. And they've got this family group like on, am I not telling the truth? Family group, Caleb, Shanna, on Snapchat. And they're sending it to themselves and laughing at me behind my back. <laughs> See, it's another thing the devil's doing right there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I never know about it. I never know about it. Those do delete automatically, do they not? I hope so. <laughs> Think about this with, with this. Uh, it's nothing new. Advertise, advertisers have used it for, for, for decades and decades. 
That's the whole point of advertising is to make you feel like you have unmet needs and you have this fear of missing out. And so you will go and you will buy their products and things like that. And, and here's one of my favorite things. It's like a limited time offer. So I don't really have time. We're not going to give you time. You've got to have this. You've got to have this now. And you're going to miss out. And we don't need to let you think about it. We've got to press you because it's a limited time offer. And you've got to act now because we know if you think about it very much, you might come to your senses and realize that it's nonsense and you don't need it. I'm trying to make, there might be some things that I'm going to miss out. There might be some things I miss out on, okay? Some, some good deals. You'll miss this deal. Oh, man, you can get, uh, I might miss out. But probably what I miss out on is wasting a whole lot of time and money. Uh-huh. So, so when they start that, like, well, you've got to decide, we've got this limited time offer. Whoop, 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 whoop. I'm not going to do limited time offers except in rare exceptions. <laughs> When it gets to me, <laughs> no, in case maybe they're, hey, it's tough, man. But that's what advertisers have done for years. But so the reason why it doesn't change is, is all this stuff, you know, it's about teenagers, well, you wasn't like this when you were, no, it wasn't like this. It wasn't to this level of attack, but it was the same stuff. It was, it was. I go, I go to school and, you know, my friends would be talking about the movie that they saw and all that. I mean, they're all so cool because they're all talking about it. But guess what? I had to be at the dairy barn that night. I couldn't go to no movie. And Dad wasn't going to give me money to take his vehicle and go to some movie in Searcy or Heber Springs. I had to spend my own money, and I had to put the gas in there. Right? So I can't be with the cool kids. They're talking about the movie they saw. I found out most of that trash was better off not in my brain. Hmm? Okay, so, so, you know, we always have had that, and people want to make them say, well, I've had this experience that you haven't had. See, and, and this even happens in church with spiritual things. <gasps> Sometimes things that aren't necessarily, they might be somewhat biblical, might be a little misapplied, something. I've had this experience with God, or I've reached this truth, and somebody the other day was actually talking about, and the way he was interpreting Scripture is a possibility, but it's one of those things that I hold with a loose hand, because you might can interpret it that way, or you might not, uh, you know, his view was maybe a little more of an extreme view. It, it is possible, but it's, it's not like an essential or anything. But his approach was this. You know, most people haven't come to understand that this is this. So basically what he just told all of us in an underhanded kind of way is, you guys aren't as spiritually developed as I am. I'm spiritually superior because um, you don't understand what I understand. It might have been better to say, you know, maybe not everybody agrees with this approach to this scripture and applying it this way, but I feel this way. But instead it was, most people have come to understand what I understand. I am enlightened. Or I have this thing and I'm, I'm what we're doing is we're trying to put ourselves over others, better than others, more spiritual than others, closer to God than others. I right hear from God and poor you guys, you know, you know I don't expect you guys to know what I know. Huh? That's the opposite of what the Holy Spirit does in our life to humble us, right? And so many of you are laughing because you know people like that. And if you're sitting there and it's like, I've never experienced anything like this, it might be you. It just might be. So Satan knows what works and he just works what works. And this is a prime one. Can we go back to the first? case of FOMO. We go all the way back to Genesis. We don't get very far. In chapter 3, Satan is tempting Eve. 
there's stuff you don't know. You are missing out. Genesis 3, verses 4 and 5. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. That was a lie. Listen to this. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You could have all of this. You're missing out. So the very first, it's ironic, the very first sin came about by the enemy using FOMO. So, no, there's nothing really all that new under the sun. Israel, we could go all the way through. There's a lot of support for this in the Bible. We go on forward. You know, God told Israel that he would be their king, right? And as Samuel came along, there had been judges, and then Samuel's getting old, about to die, but they want a king. They want a king. Now, God's going to give them one, but instead of waiting on God's choice, Samuel had to get on to him in 1 Samuel 8, 5. Samuel says, or the people said to, to Samuel, here's what the people were saying. Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations or like all the other nations. They've all got a king. We're missing out. We want one. Samuel tried to tell him, you're going to get one. You're not going to like it. And uh, they found out the hard way. But when you get to Psalm uh, 73, man, if you just have time this week to go through that psalm, it is so powerful the way it goes through. And uh, the psalmist is writing about this kind of thing. And it comes out right there in the beginning. Um, he's talking about uh, how the Lord loves us. And, and um, in fact, in verse, in verse 1, he says, Truly, God is good to Israel, those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. Why? For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So here's what he's saying. I'm trying to live the right kind of life, but he said, I, I, I almost stumble. Why? Because I'm looking around at all the stuff the wicked people are doing, and they're arrogant about it, and it seems like they have plenty of riches, even though they're being wicked, and I don't. They die easy deaths, and people I love that I know were godly didn't. He goes through this, all this kind of stuff about all these things that are happening that, that he feels like, you know, you could say, you know, I, I feel like I'm missing out on these things. And, he's, and in verse 14, he says, For all day long I've been stricken and rebuked, I said, I've been stricken and rebuked every morning. And then he said, um, you know, if I, if I kept talking like this, I, I'm, I'm really going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to betray uh, all, all my, uh, my people, my family, and, and, and what I've been taught. So this whole thing of feeling like I'm missing out, everybody else seems to be doing this stuff and getting by with it. He says in verse 14, uh, or 16, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. I don't even get it. You ever been that way? Lord, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I feel like, believe me, um, man, I can throw pity parties with the best of them. I don't get it, Lord. Everybody else gets by with this, but I have this. Right? It was wearisome. I didn't know how to understand it, verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned therein. And then I began to see it from a different angle. I began to see, the, I'm only seeing part of the picture. I'm not seeing the whole picture. What I'm not seeing is, is, is that they may be going after these things because they don't miss out on those things, but they are, in fact, going to miss out on the best things. They saw their end and how it's, they're destroyed in a moment and so forth and so on. And then he comes down in verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. I've got that. Hmm? That's pretty valuable. God holding your hand. You guide me with your counsel. How about, oh, it gets better. You think that's great? Wait, there's more. 
and afterward you will receive me to glory. Talking about forever here. Whom, in I, whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. We're going to come to that in the last week. But for me, it is good to be near God. I might miss out on all that stuff, but what do I have? Right? I'm near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of your works. All right. So here's our problem that we have with this new power. <laughs> this thing is fast. Uh, it hits from all angles 24-7. It's the power of distraction to distract us from the truth of God and the things God wants to do in our life. It may be that the devil can't get you to deny God and not believe. He just wants to distract you with other stuff that you feel like you're missing out on, so you miss out on God's best for your life. All right? He doesn't mind if you slide into church once in a while and everything, but he just wants you to really miss God fulfilling his purpose in you and through you. So it's a distraction, right? And are there distractions? And I want to tell you, I am easily distracted. So I have a game plan for this, because the enemy will use that. Mm-hmm. Can't go hunting on opening day, and all of a sudden your buddies start posting pictures of the buck that they killed? Okay, I'm going to leave that one. <laughs> I'm going to go back. Power of deception. He deceives us by making us think that those things are worth really going after when they're not. That deception. Uh, the truth is we'll be better off missing out on a lot of these things. Amen. So if he can trick us into going after things that are ultimately worthless, disappointing, and destructive, he can cause us to miss the valuable things, and that's what his, that's his mode of operating is. Miss the opportunity for God to work in you and through you. He wants you to miss out on investing in eternity and reaping eternal rewards and then destruction. These choices, flawed priorities, lead to destruction of your life, health, relationships, and ultimately your soul. And that's why James told us, but everybody's tempted when they're lured away. You're enticed by your own desires, your own lust. Lust or desire when it's conceived gives birth to sin. And sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. James Chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. That's what he warns us about. He wants to trick us into giving up everything for that one thing. By the way, this is what happens in addictions of various types, especially with drugs. The devil tricks you into giving up everything so you can get that one thing, that one high, that one feeling, right? God may be asking you today to give up that one thing so he can actually give you everything. So here's the antidote. First of all, realize what's truly valuable. That takes us back to our text. We're going to come back to it in a few weeks where Jesus says, what does it profit you to gain the whole world but you lose your own soul? We've got to take time to realize what's really valuable. I don't care what everybody else is doing. That I don't find my self-worth in what they think about me or if I fit in with them. It's that my relationship with God Almighty, he's my only judge, and I want to fit in with him. And I want to please him. So if, if they're all like... Boy, you're not as good as us. Boy, you don't have what we have. Fine. Lord, as I ha if I have you, I have enough. We've got to get mature in our spiritual life where we're okay. We're okay with where we're at, what's going on. Not that you shouldn't try to do the best you can, but, but, but because of, it's about our relationship with God. Realize what's truly valuable. We'll come back to it. Rely on God's 
plan. God has a plan of purpose for you. It may not be the same as what other people are doing or experiencing. Stick with God's plan because I have a feeling it's going to be best. And you're going to be more blessed. You're going to have more joy if you just stick with that than chasing after stuff that you feel like you're going to miss out on and that you think you have to have or do or be or whatever. Release all your cares and rely and all your worries and your fears on the Lord. Release all your cares and your fears and worries on the Lord. So I have these things. It's not like it's not real pressure. It's not like I shake it off. No, it's something I have to deal with. But I had to go through a process of releasing. Sometimes I've got to pray about it. That's what he was talking about in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. He says, humble yourself. See, I've got to humble myself. Not be trying to, I've done this. I've, you know, like I'm, I'm putting myself above those. I humble myself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that in proper time he may exalt you. If I quit trying to exalt myself and I humble myself in the proper time, he'll lift me up. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I like the way, I like the, way the old King James renders that because it, 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 anxieties is what he's talking about here. But it says cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I like that. I like the ring to that. And then the last thing is receive God's peace. We realize what's truly valuable, rely on God's plan, release our worries and fears on the Lord, and then we receive God's peace. Because when you have that, you have everything. End with this verse, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He said, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a peace that we can't even describe, and that peace will actually guard your heart and your mind and protect you. God's peace protecting you. We, we pray with thanksgiving. So here's the thing. If you're always going around worried about what you're missing out on, missing out on, here's a trick. We're going to come back to this too, Lord willing, is that you're always worried about stuff that probably you don't need that you're missing out on. And part of the thing is, is the distraction the enemy has is he'll cause you not to recognize the blessings you already have and enjoy those things. So then you always are anxious about what you don't have and do, and then you don't even enjoy what you do have. And that's how he gets the victory over us. But if we will do these things, we can not have the wrong kind of fear. We cannot worry about missing out on those things. Now, we're going to come back in a few weeks and talk about the good kind of FOMO. And then I may close out by talking about JOMO. <sighs> but I want us to think about how this impacts our life. And I want us to think about what Jesus said. Father, I do pray you.